0: You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number, what number is this? It's what? 35, podcast number 35. Hi, my name is Thomas Miller. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk about Uncertainty. I'm certain that we're going to talk about uncertainty. But not in that kind of uncertainty. Not in the I lost my keys kind of uncertainty. What we're going to talk about today is the curveballs of life kind of uncertainty. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Doesn't it seem like life today is more uncertain than it was for our parents' generation? And I'm saying that whether you're a 50 something or a 30 something or even a teenager, whatever generation your parents is, it seems just like the warp speed of everything today creates a lot more uncertainty, particularly what we've come through in the last five years or so is a lot of job market uncertainty. You know, it seems like things in the job market just move around now. People move around, bosses move around, employees get moved around geographically, switching offices, switching accounts. And then if you're lucky, you get to come in and continue to work today. And then a lot of people over the last five years thought that they were just showing up for another day of work. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, they've had the meeting with the HR department and they've been escorted out of the building. But, you know, that's really one of four key areas that affects our life. You know, whenever you talk about life issues, we all run it through our own filter, don't we? And usually one of the lenses or the perspectives that we run it through seems to always boil down to either health, relationships, and by relationships, I'm talking about all of our life relationships, family, our friends, our spouse or significant other, our kids, the category of relationships, career, and finances, and really separating career and finances because they're different. You might be Out of your working productive years in retirement, finances is an issue, career not so much. Or, you know, I've got a couple of kids in college. They are still looking at their career, but all of these other areas, believe me, you know, finances for all of us in my family right now are a big deal with two kids in college. And I would even say that these are interwoven from the standpoint that, you know, you might have a really solid career, but your health might be creating uncertainty as to whether that career can continue in longevity. And, of course, then that would affect the uncertainty of your finances. And likewise, you might have a situation going in your family where there's uncertainty of a certain family member that could jeopardize another area. There might be uncertainty in their health, and that could create uncertainty in another area. So you see how this is all kind of interwoven. That's my point of what I'm trying to get across is there might, it's not a silo. You're not just uncertain in one particular area. They really affect each other. So why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> you know me well enough now to know <laughs> that, that we're not just picking random topics out of a hat. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of uncertainty in my world lately, and I was fortunate to escape the DFW Metroplex this weekend and go hang out by a lake nearby that I really enjoy going down there and had forgotten just how much I do enjoy it. Did a 45-mile bike ride on Saturday and just had a little mini vacation, crammed it into two days, but uh, had a great time. And through getting away and just that little bit of shift, To make that change of perspective and different scenery and getting into an environment that I love, you know, there's nothing wrong with waking up in the morning with the golden sunshine reflecting off of a lake and you're having your coffee sitting out there in about 45, 50 degree weather with a jacket on, just taking it all in and enjoying it. And that was one of the salves, one of the ointments that we're going to talk about of what to do when things get uncertain, because it had just things for me, uh, particularly in the career area, the job front, there's been a lot of uncertainty in that area. And of course, it has uh, affected several of the other areas of my life directly. So it's time to get a handle on this. And so that's why we're taking up this topic today. And it begs a great question. So with all this uncertainty seemingly going on around us, what do we do to maintain steadfastness and intention and to forge ahead on our direct path? I haven't mentioned it for a while, but one of the products that is on my homepage at subconsciousmindmastery.com is The Science of Getting Rich. It's by Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, and Michael Beckwith. Now, this is something that came out as one of the riding the high wave, the tide of the movie The Secret because they were all in the movie The Secret, and they got together and did this audio product back in the oh, 2008 probably time frame. and it, I thought it was excellent and it was something that my ears needed to hear at that time, and it really helped me learn a different perspective about not only money but life in general. And it's a – what they do is they take a book called The Science of Getting Rich written by Wallace Waddles back in 1911, I think it was. And they do excerpts and they they read through the book. It's a very short read book, maybe 80 pages if you pick it up. But they use that as the platform for the teaching in The Science of Getting Rich audio program. It's very well produced, very well done. If you – it sells, I think, for – I uh, forget the price. I'm sorry. I'm not certain about the price, but the Mine Valley people have it now, and I know that it's cheaper than when I bought it directly from uh, whoever was publishing it through Canfield and Proctor back in those days. But it, you know, it's one of those things that if it if it increases your income by mm, pick a number, twenty five percent, would it have been worth it? Absolutely. And it increased my income directly, uh, like double, over the next two years. So it made a big difference in my life. And that's why I've put it up there, because I've just tried to represent some things that helped change my direction and my course. And one of the things that the book, one of the main themes in the book is obviously that you create in your mind exactly what your future looks like. So if you take a look at your life right now, realize that everything that is in your life or not in your life And I have to be really careful saying this because when you look at your life and it's not the way you want it, you go, no, it's not, Thomas, damn it. Yeah, everything that we have in our life right now is the result of our thoughts and the world that we've created. And this is something that my coach, Nancy, has been pounding into my head for the last year and finally, God, finally, after Almost a freaking year of weekly phone calls and lots of emails. I'm finally accepting and acknowledging the reality that everything that's in my life right now is created in my mind. And I think in the science of getting rich, it was Jack Canfield who said, and I wish I could recall exactly the quote because he was quoting somebody else, but he said the quote is along the lines of that focused concentrated, sustained thought is one of the most difficult exercises that we can undertake as a human being. Why? It's simple because our minds wander and mostly, mostly we spend our time reacting to the world that is present and conscious in front of us, not the world that we are creating out there ahead of us. And the most difficult task, as they're saying in the science of getting rich, is visualizing what that world would look like. We don't get clear. And then, if we do happen to get clear on something, holding that sustained thought through the present reality, as though, you know, like, almost like the bow of a ship just cutting through the waves, cutting through the waves, headed on down to the destination but not worried about what the waves look like because they're just passing. You're headed down there. You're headed to the goal. You have your eye on, fixed on the target of what's ahead of you. And all of this stuff that's going on right now is irrelevant because you're headed down there. Keeping our focus on that goal all the time through the stuff is the most difficult assignment of any of this stuff that we're dealing with. In the audio program, Canfield does a little exercise where he says, you know, try to still your mind for just 30 seconds. Just try to calm it down and not think any thoughts for 30 seconds. It's very difficult to do because you start thinking about what the kids need and what bills need to be paid and how you're going to get to the event tomorrow night, what you're going to wear. And you just – your mind just starts going through all the things that we have to do that are current, present they're just distractions. They're just the stuff of right now. My daughter and I shared an experience this week. I've told you several stories about her. She's a precious young lady who was in her first year at Baylor University. She called midweek and she was obviously upset by the tone of the voice. The kids, you know, the kids don't call in the middle of the week to say, hi, dad, how's it going in your world today? You know, So she called and she had spilled some milk in the keyboard of her uh, computer. It's a MacBook Pro. Now, my daughter is so careful with everything. She respects things that are given to her. She has uh, held a job. She held a job through most of high school and has saved up and bought some things for herself, and she's very cautious and careful. So for this to happen, I know, is not a casual accident, because of carelessness or sloppiness she's really careful so she was torn up about it she tried to power it back on so obviously it was fried and the difficult thing is that she's going to have to learn the reality of cutting through the waves and i think we're going to have a little teaching opportunity here because she's going to have to create and manifest a new laptop now she has her old one which she doesn't like And so she's going to be dealing with the reality of the present. Class goes on every day. Homework assignments come in. Projects are going to have to be done. And at the same time, she's going to be learning about creating and holding the vision of a new machine somewhere down the road. And, you know, that's the other thing is we want it now. We want it yesterday. We're a drive-through society. Don't tell me I have to wait You know, one of the seven laws of the universe is the law of gestation. There's a time, you know, obviously, children aren't born overnight, thank goodness, and oak trees don't grow in a season, and neither do things manifest overnight. And again, that comes back full circle, because then you have to get back into setting a plan, setting a course, coming up with goals and objectives. How are we going to get there? What's the action plan? What are the steps? How are we going to pull this off? And... All of this happened while at my own office, there were a lot of changes going on this week. New people coming in, old ways of doing things out, directional changes, all of that creates uncertainty. So how do we navigate through uncertainty? Here are a couple of thoughts. Number one, adopt a perspective that everything is for good. Again, I point back to the science of getting rich. This is why this program was so good for me. Jack Canfield talked about an early season in his life in Chicago when he worked for W. Clement Stone. Now, W. Clement Stone was a very wealthy insurance man back in the 50s and 60s primarily. But one of the things that W. Clement Stone was known for, in addition to his tremendous success in the insurance business, was the way he thought. And he was so vocal about it that he eventually became a speaker on that topic back when people really didn't speak on these kinds of things, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. But W. Clement Stone did, and he was contemporary with Earl Nightingale, who eventually teamed up with Ed Conant and started the Nightingale Conant Corporation. So you know, Paul Harvey from Chicago. They all these guys were running around together. They were flying on each other's planes. Is what the deal was. But (laughs) but W Clement Stone's perspective was that the universe is out to do you good. So Jack Camfield says whenever anything was presented to W Clement Stone, he would come back with with a response. That's great. One of his salesmen would come in and say, we can't penetrate this certain neighborhood. The people won't hear us out. They won't listen to our presentation. He'd say, that's great. Why is that? Because whenever you do finally get through, you're going to get the whole pack of them. They all run together. That's great. That's a bigger sale. Go get it. So in the darker moments, if we will adopt the perspective, that's great. The universe is out to do me good. That was one of the first things I did to turn my – I was really upset when my daughter called because I know how good of care she takes of her property, of her things. And when she called and was upset about this laptop, it really affected me quite a bit that afternoon. And one of the tools that I used to turn it around was, that's great. This is great. It's going to be a lesson time for us. There's going to be good come from this. She is going to learn something through the process, so I just adopted W. Clement Stone's "That's Great" perspective. Now, obviously, I know there are some realities of tragedy that this this response would not be the most appropriate first response. I get that. I'm talking about through some of the more daily activities. I understand if you've been through, uh, particularly a death. Uh, or something traumatic, I mean, really, truly traumatic, this is not the first response, the first tool that you would go to. I, I just wanted to put put parentheses and clarify that, I'm not saying to be casual in that regard. But for a lot of these daily things that we have to cut through, the changes at work, that's great. New opportunities are getting ready to open up. It could be even that you've been given or you're dealing with a diagnosis recently don't leave out this response now. Think about it. That's great. I'm going to learn new things about my body. And you'll start to find new resources of people who have treated diseases successfully by simply changing their diet. I'm thinking of Chris Carr uh, up in New York. Her popularity has really started to take off, and her story is that she's dealt with a stage 4 cancer. Now, it's a very slow-growing stage 4 cancer, but it's in multiple organs, and she's had it for over 10 years. She deals with it. She manages it by reducing her stress and through dietary changes. Chris Carr, if you need that information. But the way that she treated it psychologically is the same thing. Hey, this is great. I'm going to go find out something different about my body. I will survive this and that determination that has allowed her to for over 10 years. It's remarkable. Now, here's another thought that comes to mind, and this is more particularly kind of what I've been wrestling with and something that I've adopted for myself of the last several years, and that is stay with something until there's a catalyst that moves you. In other words, don't navigate your way out of a job or of a relationship or wherever you've been planted, wherever you are now, wherever you find yourself here, don't be looking to wiggle out. That was a big one for me in times of uncertainty. Boy, I'd try to backfill you know I'd try to get my always keep a back door open, and while in one sense there's not anything wrong with that. It can also help distract you from the business at hand. So what I've tried to do more recently is just put the head down and stay with this. I'm going to run with this until something changes. And on the most difficult days, just hanging on to the reality, to the awareness, just that I know that I grow the most through the more difficult times. And I've been hanging on to something that I've been really wrestling with for quite a while but I'm hanging on to it until something else changes. And there's a caveat point that I want to make on this topic, and that is that I think, in a, you have to be careful, in a lot of these self-help circles, I have seen a lot of discontent created. You go to a weekend seminar, for example, and all of a sudden you come back and you want to quit your job because you're not happy with where you are. That's not your purpose or whatever. You go through a a series of courses and all of a sudden you look at your spouse and you say, honey, let's get a divorce. I'm just, I married the wrong, you know, we shouldn't be together. And I I really regret that uh, this sometimes material creates that discontent. Because what I would advocate is it really needs to be the total opposite of that. You need to dig your heels into the difficult job and gut it out because there's something there for you to learn. And in the meantime, you might be creating a new future. But right now, don't throw out the baby in the bathwater. Don't leave where you are just because it might not be according to this or that. I've seen that happen quite a bit, and I've known people who have done it, and I've done it in the past, where I've gone to some kind of a course and come back and shifted a direction in my life that I shouldn't have. I should have just stayed right where I was and stayed on course. So please be aware of that. Please be careful with that. Don't go to these Things and let it affect you to the point where you change a direction when really what the universe is wanting you to do is stay right there and learn right where you are. You're right where you're supposed to be, even though it's tough. Here's another point that I think will be helpful use the uncertainty to dig in and get ultra clear on what you want. I really like this point because during these uncertain times, the pages of your journal should just be fi- being filled in at a, at a three or four times faster rate than normal. Pull out that book and journal. Start capturing your thoughts. Get really clear. Meditate more. Take 10 minutes in the morning and close down your mind. Do it before you go to bed in the evening. Get some Catherine Ponder affirmations off of my website at subconsciousmindmastery.com and start to meditate on those or say those affirmations in the morning and the evening. Do yoga Oh, my goodness. Yoga is just the cleansing tool when you're going through uncertain times. Exercise. That's why I love the bicycle, because it gives me not, you know, if I go to the gym and try to get on one of those darn machines and stare at a wall for 20 minutes, you might as well stick needles under my fingernails. I just can't make that work for me for an exercise program. I love to be outdoors. And the bicycle just gives all kinds of freedom. Maybe you're not comfortable with with riding a bicycle. It is somewhat risky, obviously. You can fall off of it. But a good walk, you can accomplish exactly the same thing. You can walk for an hour and a half, two hours. And you know what's funny? I realized uh, that my bike ride on Saturday was almost four hours total time being out. It was an absolutely gorgeous day. It was a Southern California kind of day in the middle of the prairie of Texas but it was just a gorgeous day and a, and loved being outside but the cobwebs were so thick that 4 hours basically just kind of neutralized it it didn't i didn't get any inspiration on this ride it wasn't like no aha moments no here you need to go do this no thoughts of inspiration it just kind of neutralized i mean when i got finished i was as they say in the in the rocks in the rock song comfortably numb but you know, it took that much just to tone it down, and that brings up a good point too. Because of all the things that I've mentioned—look, journaling, meditating, doing yoga, working out, exercise—what did I not mention? Alcohol, tobacco, pain medication. Those are. It is so counterintuitive, because when it's tough, what do you say? It's five o'clock somewhere. Damn it, I want a drink. No, that's exactly what you don't want to do. There's one thing you remember in the, in the podcast 34 when we talked to Anu Shiasta and I asked her a question about what are, what is something that will, if you're connecting with angels, you're connecting with your intuition, you're connecting with the divine, you're connecting with the spirit realm, what can deter that? Well, she answered earlier, but connecting it, it's the lower frequencies. When you start vibrating at a lower frequency, your intuition will shut off. You won't get those promptings. Angels will not be as visible to you. They're still there, but you have to be on a higher vibration. And if you notice, she talked about that the alcohol, the numbing down, all the things that we do to lower our vibration, move us farther away from exactly what we really need. So what brings our vibration up? Meditation, yoga, exercise, go there. If you don't have these incorporated into your life, I'll tell you a great way to start. Number one, go get you a moleskin journal. I like the soft cover. You can get them at Barnes and Noble, or you can order them from Amazon. Get a blue gel pen from Staples. (laughs) I'm telling you what I use. Go to Amazon and search up Kundalini Yoga, and there are a couple of videos that you can instantly download. Get one of them. Do it off of your iPad or your laptop, and then Get on an app called Map My Ride, and you can put in time links or distances that you want and put in five miles, zero to five, and find a walking course around you and go on a walk this evening. So there, there are your tools. If you, if that's not part of your life and that's not something that you normally do, there are four action steps that you can take right there to completely shift your energy and get you back into a higher frequency. Another thing that really helps at a time like this is watching how you eat, because uh, we'll we'll have to do some podcasts on this, of how diet affects your vibration, how it affects your frequency. Definitely there's a correlation. But a lot of times when we're going through a struggle, we will choose to eat things that will uh, bring us down. And the whole purpose of this is to raise our intuitive instincts, to get more in touch with our inner self, to get more connected spiritually. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but try it for 30 days and see if it doesn't make a huge difference for you. And really, this leads to the final point, and that is to get really clear on what you want. And start to imagine, engineer, and dream accordingly. So in other words, setting a new vision. I was listening to an audio book on my way back into town yesterday, and it just, the, the point just really recrystallized for me, and I wanted to pass this on because this is the, this is really what it's all about. And that is that every single thought that we hold in our mind creates a magnetic vibration that will go out into the universe and seek its fulfillment. The story, the illustration in this audiobook was mentioned a man who said, I could handle anything that life would throw at me except going blind. Well, he said that for most of his adult years. And guess what? In his sixties, he started to lose his eyesight. And I have come to realize that the things that you say I don't want fulfill even bigger and faster. Than the things you say, I do want. So I've looked back here over the course of my most recent past and the things that I've said, I don't want this or this or this. You know, for me, it's mostly recently been, you've heard me say on these podcasts, I don't want to go through another summer in Dallas. I can't get away from this place. I've said that I don't want to work for somebody. I want to have my own business again. I want to get back into consulting and I want to do some production on the side and some other things. And new opportunities keep opening up. And it's like I'm just more and more and more entrenched. in what I'm saying I don't want is fulfilling faster and bigger than the things I'm saying I do want. And maybe that's true for you as well. So I'm beginning a new exercise for myself this morning where I'm going to do it for 30 days of saying I'm not going to say a negative about anything. I'm removing the vocabulary of I don't want fill in the blank. And I'm replacing it with W. Clement Stones. That's great. And I'm going to adopt and accept that the universe is out to do me good. And I would invite you to do the same. And oh, by the way, when something comes your way negative, like the laptop situation for my daughter, like the changes at the office, one of the greatest things you can start to do at that point is start to look around you because you'll find something somewhere out there is the next opportunity. You'll find the next thing. You'll find a clue, but open your eyes. When it gets negative like that, really open your eyes and start to look around. Exercise, journal, do yoga. Be careful of what you put in your mouth and raise your spiritual vibration, raise your energy, get in touch with your intuition and use these times to grow. Because really it is about how are you going to live? Are we going to succumb to all of the things that are going on around us? Are we going to be people who react to things or are we going to be creators? To realize that we have the power to set a clear intention, to visualize and focus on it with intensity until it manifests and have the discipline that it takes to hold on to that vision in clear terms until it does. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to take it to a new level in my own life, and I would invite you to join in as well. Thank you for listening today. I hope that this little talk has given you a little more certainty in uncertain times. My name is Thomas Miller. Enjoy your journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.